Welcome back to the For the Ladies podcast. Before we get into our Ladies of Golf interview, a bit of golf news. <laughs> Lydia Ko ended her three-year victory drought with a win at the Lotte Championship. She seriously put on a clinic all week and finished with a flawless final round, 65. Nicole Ray of Golf Digest tweeted the following after Lydia's win. Reminder, Lydia Ko is only 23 and has already done this. 16 wins, two as an amateur, two majors, youngest world number one, male or female, Olympic silver medalist while she competed for her homeland of New Zealand, youngest winner in LPGA history, youngest ever LPGA Rookie of the Year and Player of the Year, $11.6 million in LPGA career earnings. I can tell you I did not achieve anything near this at 23 years old. Lydia is so fun to watch. She has a great perspective and a sense of maturity that is just so admirable. And we can't wait to see where she goes from here. This week is the Hugel Air Premier LA Open at Wilshire Country Club, which makes a return after being canceled in 2020 due to the pandemic. But for this Ladies of Golf interview brought to you by the USGA, we welcomed professional golfer Andrea Lee. Andrea and I first met when she was competing in junior golf tournaments, and I worked for the AJGA. Since her junior days, she went on to compete on Stanford's golf team, where she won a record nine tournaments. She left Stanford early to turn pro and had a pretty solid rookie season. Andrea and I caught up about her amateur days, the stiff competition in amateur golf, her start as a professional, and goals for this year. I hope you all enjoy. Um, we host clinics so with like drinks and music and like golf apparel pop-up shops. That's so fun. Yeah. And so during the pandemic though, I had to put like events on hold. Right. And so I started the podcast and like a little newsletter. Um, and so all the Yeah, no, it's great. It's been really fun. Um, so yeah, I will just into this i am so we start the podcast with just quick nine questions so these are super easy what is your favorite social media channel instagram yeah the last show you binge watched um oh that's a good one uh f1 drive to survive season three Nice. So I need good. to start it. I haven't it's watched so it. It's so good. I'm obsessed. I think I watched um, like all the seasons every time they came out in like two days. Why? What do people like about it so much? Is it like, what is it? It's just the way they document the whole year of like each event and like all the racers. It's It's just so sick. And like how fast they're going. You just can't really believe it. Um, oh, cool. It's yeah, and they kind of like, you know, get into each like driver like per episode. Like they'll go into like Haas or Red Bull or Mercedes like for each episode. It's just it's pretty sick. I would highly yeah. recommend. Um, how many hours per week do you think you practice? That's a good question. Maybe twenty. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, that's a good chunk. <laughs> Um, what is um, a song that you've recently added to like a Spotify playlist? Justin Bieber. I think it's, I'm so bad at song titles. Me too. I think it's Hold On. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's Hold On. 
All right. New album's great. Yeah, it is. Some really good stuff. Yeah. What was your favorite professional event to play as an amateur? The U.S. Women's Open. Where was it? Uh, Pinehurst, not two. My first one when I was 15. And uh, that sounds right. On the number. That was pretty special. That's yeah. Oh <laughs> With my, my dad on the back. So that was fun. So special. Um, what was the last book you read? <sighs> I actually don't remember. It's been a while. No, I read um, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Really good book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I actually read it when I was at the U.S. Women's Open in December quarantining because I tested positive. <laughs> so it was a good time killer. Yeah. That is a good time killer. Who is your favorite person to play a practice round with? Um, I don't know. I play with a lot of fun people, to be really honest. Um, yeah. I like playing with my teammate, Albon Valenzuela. Mm-hmm. We play a decent amount together. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've gone to know a lot of pros out there. So hard to pick one, but yeah. That's fair. And what's a snack that you have to have during a round? PB&J. Half mm-hmm. of a PB&J. I feel like it just keeps me going. When like do you have it? Enough. Yeah. What's like, that? When during the round do you have it? Uh, usually after the night pole. Okay. Okay. Start to get hungry like halfway through the round. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So, um, how did you get into golf? Did you play any other sports growing up? Yeah. Um, so I started golf when I was five and then before that I, I started up soccer too mm. and ice skating. Actually, I was really mm-hmm. into ice skating for a little bit um I wanted to be like the next Michelle Kwan but of course that yeah. never happened um so yeah I did ice skating for a few years I did soccer for probably like six years um and I did taekwondo got my black belt um when I was like maybe 14 or something um and then I quit <laughs> you reached <laughs> the pinnacle of your career I reached the top I got I got what I wanted and I was like I'm done <laughs> oh my gosh so yeah you started playing golf when you were five did you what since you were you know a traveling junior golfer did you play on your high school team did they have a team I did actually we won the state title um my senior year so I played my freshman and sophomore year um and then junior year just because I mean it was just such a hard year I had to take so many AP classes to Mm -hmm. you know have good enough grades to get into Stanford Um, I took the year off of my high school team and then uh, yeah I came back my senior year and we won the title which is pretty cool and a couple of the other girls went on to play for uh, college too so we had a pretty good team dang impressive Uh, (laughs) so you you know you were a highly decorated junior golfer and I feel like there were probably a few college programs who were interested in you did you know that you wanted to go to Stanford from the beginning? No, actually. So, uh, I mean, I really wanted to stay in California. And okay. at the time that I was really looking at colleges, um, it, it always was USC and UCLA. 
just because they have like the top or some of the top golf programs in the country. Um, and I wanted to stay on the West Coast for sure. And Stanford, I mean, I knew it was an obviously amazing school, but I I didn't feel like their golf program was like amazing at the time. Like when I was like 12, 13, you know, just kind of like starting to look into it. Um, but, you know, the, the program ha had a new coach, which was, you know, Coach Ann Walker. And, you know, I really loved her from the get-go. I mean, she was just such an amazing person. And um, I think we got along really well off the bat. And I visited the campus and that was the end of it. I fell in love with, um, you know, the practice facilities, so just the whole campus and um, the team at the time. Like I knew a couple of the girls already from junior golf, like Casey Danielson. I knew Shannon O'Bear was going in and um, Mariah Stackhouse, obviously. So um, that it definitely changed pretty quickly um, my opinion and what I wanted. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely don't regret choosing Stanford for sure. Oh, of course. And I love the throwback to names. Like I haven't heard about like Shannon or haven't talked to Casey Danielson in a while, but those were like, those were the girls. Yeah. They're the OGs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess I like forgot to share that we obviously met when I was working at the AJGA. <laughs> um, yeah. And the best was when you, <laughs> yes, when you emailed me and said, dear Miss, dear Miss Allie Benthal. Benthal. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was probably one of the funniest stories from my AJGA days is calling oh. you Allie Benthal. Definitely want to mind. And I, yeah, good because like some of the stuff. I mean, I just looked at your email and I was like, her name's Allie. It's Allie. <laughs> That's all I saw. I didn't think, I didn't even think that it was A. Leventhal. So, <laughs> my bad. I love it. It's amazing. It's such a good memory. <laughs> um, but anyway, back to college. So, you were one of two Stanford women's golf team members to leave early to turn professional. And I mean, I read the articles, like it was not a super easy decision. You were pretty emotional about leaving. Um, but how did you get to make that decision? How did, like, what took you to that point? It was definitely really difficult. I contemplated on it a lot. It was probably 50-50 at the time. Mm. But I also felt that I had accomplished so much in amateur golf and um, and college golf, you know, I won nine titles and, um, you know, I even went to Q school the previous year, my junior year. And mm -hmm. I was, I think I missed the last stage, um, by one shot in Florida. And I kind of took that as a sign, like, okay, I'm not ready. Like maybe this is for the best. Um, just kind of go into my senior year and, um, you know, try to mature more and grow more mm -hmm. as a as a golfer and, um, and yeah, I made it through Q school my senior year. And, you know, it's really hard to turn the professional side of that down when, um, you know, I, I had made it through. So um, it was definitely difficult, but I just felt that it was the best decision for me in my, my career. And obviously at the time, didn't even know that this huge pandemic was going to hit. So in hindsight, I really made the best decision because I probably wouldn't have nowhere to play right now. 
um, had I not made that decision. So um, it all worked out for the best, for sure, um, I think. So, um, but yeah, at the time it was difficult. Oh, yeah, that's so interesting and such a good way to reflect on it all, especially with the pandemic. Um, and you yeah. mentioned it, but you did win a record nine tournaments when <laughs> Stanford, which was pretty amazing. I, when you reflect on your amateur days, I mean, you were also, you know, an AJGA player of the year. Like you had a really successful amateur career. What is it about your, when you think back on your amateur days, what sticks out to you? Like, what about um, maybe like your mindset or um, just like how you approached playing? What sticks out to you? Yeah, honestly, I even reflect on that now, you know, as a professional, because yeah. um, sometimes I feel like I can put a lot of pressure and expectations on myself, you know, as I'm kind of heading into this new career, I guess. Um, but, you know, back when I was a junior, I, I felt like I was just like so carefree and I just like played with so much confidence and I just had fun with it you know like all the team events I got to play like the Wyndham Cup the Curtis Cup um, playing for the Junior Solheim Cup team and the Junior Ryder Cup team you know all those experiences were priceless and I just had so much fun like I don't even remember being you know stressed or anything or having you know any anxiety about playing at this high level of junior junior competition and um and that's what I really admire my, about myself when I was younger is just having that mentality. And honestly, I'm trying to have more of that right now um, because I feel like that's the you know level of my mentality that I want to play at. Um, so yeah, looking back, I, I think I just had a really good head on my shoulders. And it's not like I still don't right now, but um, it's just a learning process for me right now. I feel like trying to get comfortable playing at the professional level. Yeah. And, it, you know, something you can also think about too, is like, you are living out your dream, you know, yeah. to play professional golf. Like I'm sure when you were playing in junior golf, you're like, this is really fun right now, but like, that's my dream. And that's what you get to do now. Yeah, exactly. So oh, I have so no complaints. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure I like wanted to ask just like funny things about turning pro and like how that has changed your life. Um, have you had any like funny mishaps, like planning wrong travel or just like not realizing like something now that you are a professional player? Like, is there anything that like has been kind of just like a funny moment for you where you're like, gosh, like this, this wouldn't have happened in my junior golf days. You know, surprisingly, I haven't had any like issues booking travel or rental cars. And so I've been pretty good about that lately. Good. I mean, knock on wood, but um, <laughs> nothing huge yet. Um, but I mean, I think you you watched my interview with Kay, right? At the mm -hmm. for the, like the US Open preview this year. Yeah. But I, I had that kind of embarrassing moment. I don't know if you want me to repeat it or not. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, we don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it was at the um, drive-on LPGA event in, I think it was Georgia. Okay. Um, but yeah, I had, I was, I was by myself um, uh, without my parents. And, you know, one morning before a round, I just like grabbed a chocolate muffin from the hotel kitchen 
with me and it was like pitch black outside because it was so early and I was like driving while eating this muffin and I like felt a piece like fall out like into the seat and I was like oh shoot like I'm wearing white pants and I was just like thinking to myself like just don't move like just don't like smush it or whatever and so I get out of the car and I'm looking around I'm like oh shoot like I don't know where this piece of muffin maybe it just fell onto the floor and then fast forward like 20 minutes I'm on the range on the way right side um with my back to everyone and I'm just hitting balls and then Hedgie Kang comes up to me and she's like uh is it like do you I think you have something on your butt like whatever and I was like oh shoot she was like is it is it that I'm like no no I'm like I just kind of like just took a little thing and then it was the muffin oh my gosh <laughs> like really like right where you know you don't want it counted and where everyone could see it so <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing like really embarrassing I was freaking out I like ran to the bathroom and tried to like wipe all of it off as much as possible but I it was such a dumb move eating a chocolate muffin with white pants on so now you know um, now I know. Yeah, that was probably the most embarrassing thing that happened to me last year. <laughs> I think that's okay. Like you're past yeah. it now. <laughs> I'm past it, yeah. But other than that, I don't think I've had any other issues. I've I've traveled so much and like I've booked stuff here and there that I feel like I'm just used to it. Yeah. Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Um, well, and it helps too that like I feel like when you turn pro like you're on TV quite a, you know, quite a bit. You're on, you guys are on golf channel a lot. So like you just would want to not have anything like that on TV for sure. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> not that I was playing like amazing enough to be on TV, thankfully sure. that day, but let's <laughs> do it. was, yeah. Oh my gosh. Not so yes, obviously you, you know, you play for money now, like this is your job. Um, has that changed anything for you or do you kind of just see it still as golf? I, I definitely just see it still as playing golf. I mean, if you think about the monetary aspect of the sport, it's just going to get into your head and, you know, it's just not a good thing to think about the money while you're playing competitively out there. Like I'm going to go over this putt and think, oh, this is for like two grand. Like, no, that would just throw me off completely. So, um, you know, when I'm out there, I don't think about anything except for just playing the game. Yeah, I love it. Um, I feel like the competition in amateur golf is so high and it just like continues to get better, really. Um, How did did that, do you feel like that prepared you at all for professional golf? Or like, is there like a switch that turns where you're like, now I'm at the professional ranks and like it's changed? Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a steady gradual preparation to the professional tour, I guess. I mean, all of my experiences have definitely helped me, um, even even since my junior golf days and, you know, playing all these USGA events and, and college definitely helped me, I think, grow and mature more just as a person emotionally, too. Um, and learning how to deal with, like, frustration on the golf course, I think... I've really been able to mature um, because I went to college and I think that really helped me um, go to the next level. So, but to be really honest, like game wise, I don't think 
it's not like oh one day I'm an amateur and then oh one day I'm a pro and like there's just this huge like gap that I need to fill in order to be a professional um I think a lot of the top amateurs skill-wise they're ready for the tour um but I think it's just the mental growth that also has to get to that level in order for them to fully take that next step um so no I don't think I think yeah, I think the game, obviously, you have to be ready, but um, I think the mental side of it is also super important, just maturing as a person to be able to handle being a professional. That's so interesting. If that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah it, it does. And I, I've always been so curious about it because it, uh, to me, it just, it happens so quickly. You know, you graduate school and you get, you know, you go through qualifying and and then it just starts and you're just there and um, yeah everybody has their own journey, but I, I just, to me watching everyone, I'm like, Oh my God, that happens so quick. They're a pro. <laughs> I know it can. Yeah. It can definitely be overwhelming in the beginning. Um, just living that professional life and everyone out there is just so focused on what they're doing and what's best for them. I think you just really need to learn what's best for yourself in order to really thrive out there and become more comfortable, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so speaking of that, what are like some of your goals for this year? Yeah, for this year, I have a few goals in mind. Um, you know, obviously I want to, you know, contend for rookie of the year, which, you know, has been a goal of mine since last year. Obviously they didn't give out the award and we have a full season ahead of us this year. So um, that would definitely be really special to accomplish. Um, and Another another one, I guess, is being able to play on the Solheim Cup team would, would be like a dream come true for me because I played in two junior Solheim Cup teams and they were so fun and it was amazing being able to hang out with the actual Solheim Cup teams at the time um, and get to pick their brains a little bit. So being able to have that opportunity would be really neat. And if not this year, then two years, it doesn't matter. I, ultimately, that's something that I would love to accomplish. Um, and then I really want to win out there for sure. Um, I know that I have the capability and to be in contention. Um, I haven't really been able to put myself in that position yet, but, um, it's just a process. And I know that if I just keep doing what I'm doing, I'll be able to, you know, get there someday. And hopefully that someday will be sometime this year. So, um, just trying to stay optimistic and positive going into the season because it's just so long. I mean, we have probably like 30 more events or 28 events or something like that. I mean, it's a lot of weeks, so um, I'm optimistic. <laughs> yeah, yes, the, the chances look good, I feel like. <laughs> um, I would, of course, love to see you on the Solheim Cup team. Got my tickets, so I'm ready to go and cheer. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. And Rennes is beautiful, too. It's such a nice golf course. Yeah, I'm so excited. Last year as, like, our restart tournament. Yeah. And I got there, and I was like, oh, my God, it's just, like, gorgeous and such perfect condition, and it was difficult, too. It was, like, really hilly, and the greens mm-hmm. are so undulating, and um, I was like, wow, this is a – I thought they were going to, like, ease into the restart after covid maybe like shorten the course a little. No, it was just like, bang, here it is. Just this monster course in front of you. 
<laughs> but it's beautiful yeah well and it's cool that you guys got to see it like that you got a real preview of it multiple rounds yeah. and like I'm sure for you and other women it was maybe like a motivator to be able to come back and play in the Solheim Cup yeah definitely so yeah I know it's so funny to think about because you know there's yourself Allison Lee played in junior Solheim Cup and then did get to play on the team Angel Yin Mm -hmm. um, Emily Pedersen on the European side so it's like so fun to see you guys go from the junior to the professional event for sure yeah yeah I love it well, I always end the podcast with the same question and I will ask it of you is what advice do you have for young women who want to pick up the sport? Yeah, my advice would be just to have so much fun with it. I mean, golf is, it's challenging and, you know, at the beginning it might seem easy to prove your game, but, you know, as you kind of um, get into it a lot it gets it gets tougher and tougher and but that's also the fun of it you know and I think my advice would just be to like really enjoy it um, just to get out there and play as much as you can um, I think for younger girls who aspire to become LPGA professionals just competing um, starting out from when they're young I think is super important um, mm. It kind of grows the nerves and helps them mature a little bit too, a little faster on the golf course. So um, definitely that. And, you know, working on the things that they need to work on, like if they have a weakness in their game, just really trying to attack that and try to get out of their comfort zone and work on the things that they don't really want to work on sometimes, um, I think will help, you know, grow their games. So, um, but yeah, I mean, for just the general female audience out there just have so much fun with it let me play with your friends play with your family members um i think right now covid is ironically in a way really good for golf because everyone's getting out there and playing i mean my dad can't even find tea times with his friends in southern california right now because everyone's going out there to play golf so um i think it's really great i think the women's game is in an amazing place right now and um it's only going to get better so um yeah, just have fun with it. I know. I'm so excited for this LPGA tour season. Like it's been so much fun right from the get-go. So I hope, I hope it continues to, to show us how awesome all the players are. And yeah, for sure. Definitely a great start to the season. So Uh, it was good chatting with you. Uh, So good chatting with you, Allie or Allie. Yes, (laughs) Allie. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Our original music is composed and performed by my talented and wonderful friend, Ryan Young. If you're looking for more from For The Ladies, visit us at fortheladies.net and on Instagram at fortheladies. That's F-O-R-E.